three, two, one, go. Hey guys, you are tuned back into the Soul Sense Podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest, Kim, and my trusty wingman, Melvin. <laughs> hey guys, how Why y'all you always doing? gotta laugh? Because <laughs> it's just funny. I mean, I mean. Anyways, and <clears throat> excuse me. I'll take that out. Okay. So we also have our great friend, G-Money. He's back again with another one to sit in with us. What's happening? Also known as Gerard, just in case. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That too. I think mm. I'll always refer to you as G-Money on here anyway. So Yeah, I, I go by that. All right. Are we the only people that call you G-Money? Probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah, yeah I, I'm good at giving people nicknames. I gave Tiana Thomas a name this weekend. You just was calling her T. Yeah, just, I just I, thought, T. I, what's going on? Like, what, just what? assumed yeah. the T should have been there. And then you was like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry to call you T." I was like, "That's not. They, they don't call her T. You just call her this." Yeah. <laughs> when I get comfortable them. with people, I just want to be comfortable with people. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just. I, I don't know if I, I if I if I feel like I can give you a nickname, then you're my friend. Okay, that's funny. So, anyways, because I call your wife Shanti. Oh, do you? I do. That ain't a nickname. You just called her the wrong name. No, it's I just know a her name. Mispronunciation. I just call, and I call your baby CC. Yeah. I mean, I just. I, I mean, that's just what I do. I call Jackie Jackie Wacky. Mm. I guess I call you. Has y'all ever called him Mike Mike? All the time. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not just kidding. Because I know that's like every little black kid named Mike. I yeah. call him Mike. They call Mike Mike in the hood. So Absolutely. I figured it made sense. <laughs> okay. Anyways, y'all, we don't went off on a tangent. <laughs> so anyways, uh, what's going on? Well, so... <laughs> Funny thing about this is, is we've told these things already, but I was not, I didn't have Gerard recording, so. Are we all recording now? We're all recording okay, now. Okay, that's good. Let me that's double check. <laughs> yeah, we are recording now. Great. G-Money got the low level, so just letting you know. But um, uh, yeah, for me, uh, I've had a pretty interesting week at work, been going through budgeting, which has resulted in me having to get rid of some of my contractors. Now, typically, you'll get rid of a contractor right after a project, but I've had some who have just stayed around like through projects. So they're almost like full-time employees to me and really part of my planning. So, and this is like mid-year budgets. So it throws a, a monkey wrench in in kind of my plans. It will mean that I'll have to get back into doing some architecture stuff. So, which I kind of like, but on the flip side, you know, that means something else is not going to be done. So I'll probably be working more at home doing some of the cleanup stuff. So Mm. like my managerial stuff, Mm. but you know, it stinks, but it's business. So, Mm -hmm. well, Gerard, you want to tell us again, briefly what, what you had said before you was, we realized you weren't being recorded. Uh, sure, yeah. Let's see how I can sum this up. So basically, within the past three weeks, I applied for a promotion at my job. I found out this past Friday, I think it was Friday, uh, that I didn't get it. But the person who did get the job would be starting Monday. Um, and I, I guess it, so it's not like I really, really desired the position or what it entailed. I just kind of want to, uh, you know, put my best foot out there, see how well I interview, find out more about the position, see if it'd be a good fit. So I found out I didn't get it. I wasn't like overly crushed, but I still feel like there can be underlying feelings of, uh, you know, why not me? Maybe a little bit of bitterness or resentment. Again, that tries to creep in. But one thing that I like to do, uh, both in my life and my professional career, is to try to champion emotional intelligence and not being swayed here or there uh, like a, a leaf blowing on a tree. But I, I want to 
try to be even keel and know that my foundation is God, not how did the day go or how do other people see you? Do other people like you? You know, this, that and the other. So I'm just really, you know, even though, like I said, I wasn't hugely into the position itself or the promotion, I still have to battle with. You know, I, OK, I got to shake hands with this new new person that, you know, quote unquote, has my position or whatnot, which is really not. But still, Satan can be like, well, you know, what why, what what makes him more qualified than you? You know, this is a person yeah. from outside the company and you've been with the company for a year and a half now. Um, so I just really have to focus on what's important and not this minor, the minor uh, small things of why it didn't happen. Right. So that's a good point that you make. So let's talk about that, guys. So first, how about you? Oh, I ain't say that about myself. You sure did. <laughs> oh, well, what's been going on with me? Well, I just finished getting over a bad cold that your children gave to me. I think you still got SARS, but I'm, you know, whatever. It's all coming out. Okay. Okay. Uh, work has been good. I've been really inspired at work. And like I told you, Melvin, I've had to really build in motivation, my own motivation, you know, like I don't feel like, you know, your job naturally, they try to motivate their employees, but that just hasn't been enough for me. It's just very temporary for me, you know? So I've had to really take the time to like really think about things that are lasting motivation. So, cause I've realized <clears throat> last year that, um, when I'm not motivated, I clock out. Like I realized that. So I have to keep myself motivated <laughs> so I can do the best job I can do. <laughs> so you actually clock out and leave or you just mentally check out? I mentally check out and I go on autopilot. I go on autopilot and it's a dangerous place for me because I, I've, I mentioned this on a previous episode, but my 80% is a lot of people's 100% and that's a deadly place for me. Because then I'm not working at my full potential. And so what'll happen is I'll start cutting corners and, you know, things like that. And then it continues. It can start building on each on itself. And as a Christian, that's not really a, I mean, you can't do that. <laughs> like I'm supposed to work as if I'm working onto the Lord. Right. But I know that like, okay, well, I've been doing this job for so long. So like. I know this assessment like the back of my hand and, and stuff like that. And so I can skate by on autopilot, which is not good. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, you know, sometimes your job doesn't give you incentive to keep you motivated. And so I've really had to go on a, a self-motivation journey to, you know, really get my motivation back, you know, and remember why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, like, this is my earthly master, but I'm really serving my my heavenly master. And if if I was, you know, if 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 Jesus or God was my patient with with this with this suffice, you know, if this was my client, and then you know, and that right there really shook me. So you know, so anyways, I've been very motivated and has really my motivation has nothing to do with the actual job itself, but. You know, it's just trying to be the best me, you know what I'm saying? Be the best Christian and ambassador of Christ, you know? And so, so yeah, that's me. That's me, G-Money. What was the other thing you were about to have something off of? Oh, Gerard's? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, since we, all three of us spoke about work, and I think all three of us were kind of talking about like, achievement and driving and things like that. So let's talk about that a little bit. And it's funny that we're talking about this and that we all three kind of mentioned how what's going on with our job, because I actually was reading a scripture that made me really kind of think about wealth and Christianity. And so I'll read this to you guys, and then let's just kind of talk about it, okay? Let's okay. do it. So now this will be coming from Proverbs 23 verse 4 and it says don't wear yourself out trying to get rich be wise enough to know when to quit 
That's the NLT. <laughs> that is not a rap song lyric, guys. <laughs> but that's the greatest lyric of all, the Bible. So I was reading this the other day, and I thought to myself when I first read it was just like, you know, we live in a society where everyone is striving, you know, is financially driven. I mean, you look around you, everybody's trying to live their best life. I'm trying to reach my goals. I'm trying to be a boss. And, you know, it's it's just, it goes on and on and on. And so this kind of really, really just came to me. And it, I mean, the word is saying, don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. So when y'all hear that, what do you think of? Can you read that NL, NIV version too? All right. So in the NIV of the exact same scripture, it says, do not worry yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. That kind of rhymes. Yeah. (laughs) I think about this a lot in general. So I think a lot of Christianity revolves around money. Right. And when I say Christianity, I don't mean like Biblical, I'm saying, well, yeah, even biblical Christianity, but but our our lives revolve around it. So definitely, our our religion does. And I think that people can take a couple of different directions on this. Mm-hmm. I think there can be the idea that having money or you know being concerned about finances is a worldly thing that you shouldn't really be dealing with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just go and preach the gospel and. You know, don't really worry about success in terms of your job and whatever else. Like, th- mm-hmm. this is your main focus. Don't worry about anything else. Almost all the way to the extreme of shunning money and, and any type of worldly possessions. And then I think you can have the other extreme to where you can feel like your prosperity as far as physical things is equivalent to your relationship with God. So... You know, like the prosperity gospel. Like if mm. God, God's demonstration of His love for me is is revealed through the the blessings that I get with these tangible things. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. God wants you to have this, that, or the third. So that's uh, right off the top. That's the first thing that I see is that it is really you could you could find a lot that the Bible says about money. I think because it is a polarizing thing. So I can start out with saying that. What do you think, G-Money? Um, I think it's interesting to look at the convergence of your religion or your, your spiritual faith and your financial independence or your ability to make money. And I know a lot of times for people that can kind of come to a head where there's an opportunity to work more or work a different job or maybe take a job in a city that's going to take you away from your church family or, or the kind of um, community that you built up and having the right kind of fellowship that you know is going to keep you accountable. Um, so, I mean, it, it can be challenging because it would be nice if those two things could be separate but equal, so to speak, and and never the two shall meet, but it does. And, and there's decisions that we have to make um, when it comes to that. You know, am I putting God – on the side or on the back burner just to make more money or just to go after this new position that's going to require me to go from 60 hours a week to 80 hours a week or you know i have to be on call like all the time which means i miss sundays i miss midweeks and and fellowshipping and meeting with my small group so it, it really does require um some contemplation but i think that's the case because we are so um conditioned to this american way of life which is to make as much money as you can Mm -hmm. it's not so much where it's like you know what god is the absolute number one in a distant 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 third fourth fifth is the amount of money that i make because if it was then it maybe wouldn't be such a big decision to make of do i take this this um next position this promotion that's going to require more from me but yield more in my bank account it would just simply be god is number one and whatever I got to do to keep food on the table, keep a roof over my head, I'll do that. But I don't have to keep up with the Joneses and at the same time try to, you know, uh, make sure my relationship with God is, is, is still intact. One has to take priority over the other. 
So what do you think about the person that does have a lot of money? I, I think it's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so here's the interesting thing, right? I heard somebody say this a long time ago that we all like the, the thought, the idea of success. But in reality, when we see that successful person that has this, that, another, you know, we, we hate on that person that has it. So conceptually, sure, we like it that, you know, you could be making six figures and be doing well and have a nice family, nice cars to drive, a nice house. But you see that person and you're like, well, who did you step over to get to where you're at? Or, you know, mm-hmm. how what, what things are you sacrificing? You had to sell your soul to the devil to get where you are. But it could just be that this person... Uh, whatever they do, whatever they bring to the table is in very high demand and they get compensated well for that. But ultimately, I mean, if someone makes a lot of money, that's that's great for them. But as you know, this human condition we have, we have the tendency to put our confidence and our faith in the tangible things, which mm, is, right. you know what? I have a healthy bank account. My retirement is looking good. If I wanted to go out and, you know, purchase a $5,000 family vacation, I could do it without batting an eye and it, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt me. It's, I think it would be a challenge to say that um, there's not some security that we, uh, we don't get from that, you know, it's, it's there. So we can't pretend like it's not there. It's not like I can say, oh, I'd have the, the same smile on my face if I made half as much money as, as I do, it's kind of hard to, to see that. But I mean, ultimately we have to try to stay grounded. Now, whatever people use to do that, uh, it's going to be different for different people. Maybe it's giving of a lot of your time and money to just so you can always continue to remind yourself that it's temporary and it's not really who you are. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean, you know, this is what your eternity is going to be like. Yeah, I think to that point, so I got a couple of, I think this is a, a layered conversation, yeah, right? Yeah. So first off, I think when we are looking at other people, we like to ascribe our own sinful characteristics to them, right? Mm. Who did he have to step over? No, you would maybe step over some, if you were put in that position, you fear that position because you feel like you would do something wrong. Maybe this person is just like you said, just a hard worker or they have gotten a, a skill. I think, um, so that's one thing. And I, and I used to be, you know, when I was in, in college, <clears throat> I remember thinking, you know, I'd see people with in the church with like nice cars or nice things. And I, I did remember feeling kind of, I don't know, man, I, I was just kind of stuck on like, I didn't know how to feel about it. Like how, how should I feel about this thing? And then as time went on, uh, I started to see like we'd have a big event uh, at for the campus and we'd be in somebody's house. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd have uh, someone would come in town and wouldn't have a place to stay and they stayed with those people. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a group, uh, a couple, Lucy and Eli, they had this nice, beautiful cabin out in, uh, in the Smokies and, uh, I don't know how many married couples went out, like went like on their right at the day after they got married, went out there and stayed. Some people had their honeymoon out there, you know. It it just I was like, wait a minute. If they didn't have these things, then they would not be able to use them to serve. Mm-hmm. I think not everybody can be rich and not everybody can be poor. Mm-hmm. And having money and not having money has no bearing on whether money is your God or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be Having, let's not even go rich versus poor. Having, uh, not having to worry about where your next meal is coming from frees you up to be able to worship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not having a bunch of debt, not having a bunch yeah. of whatever frees you up to be able to, like, you can be mobile for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. If everybody in the kingdom made $10 an hour, then it would be very difficult for us to grow. Now, God sure. could do it, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you look in the Bible, there were rich people yeah. who really used their their money to help forward, mm-hmm. forward the kingdom. And I think it's the same way today. We should be a mixture. Now, within the body, there should be no difference. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't treat, because I got a little bit more money or a little less money, I shouldn't be treated differently. I shouldn't have mm-hmm. a, a, a high leadership position because... 
I'm successful in business, those two things don't even mirror each other. Like they don't even, those two things don't even cross paths. You Mm -hmm. could be a great business person, but a sucky leader, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, But other than that, I think it's it's important. Um, Yeah, I think, you know, when you had mentioned about people being in, who were wealthy in the Bible, I think of Lydia, you know, in Acts when she was converted, it says that traveling disciples would stay at her house when they would come into town. Right. Very wealthy woman. Doesn't mention what her husband does. It talks about her wealth, Mm -hmm. you know, and many people have thought that the Proverbs 30 woman was based off of her. And from that Proverbs 31 woman, we know that this woman had many different ventures, whoever she was, even if it was a culmination of a lot of women, you know, and I'm even looking here in Ecclesiastes um, 11 verse two. And even that it's, it starts out entitled invest, in many ventures. Verse two says, invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. So if you're just reading that right there, that tells you that you should be spreading, diversifying your portfolio. That's what we would say. <laughs> that would be the modern, you know, thing. That's what I read it as. So <clears throat> it's not so much to me about like you said, rich or poor, it's almost about a matter of stewardship right? and how you, just like what First Peter says, every gift that we have, even if it's the gift of being able to make money, you know, because some people can make money. Mm-hmm. Some people have a hard time making money, you know what I'm saying? And I re- really never thought of that as a gift, but some people, their mindset is set up to Make money, you right. know, and if that is a gift, like First Peter says, then you're supposed to use every gift f- to serve others. So it's really about stewardship and it's about motive to me when I right. think about it. Now, I will say another kind of, I guess, layer of this, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, Proverbs says, the rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. You could read through tons of scriptures that talk about the existence of rich and poor, you Mm -hmm. know, in that we're all just in one big pot. So we know that there's going to be rich people. There's going to be poor people forever. Mm -hmm. Everybody is not made to be rich. Yes, right. But everyone is made to work Mm -hmm. um, like they're working for the Lord. Even if you don't have, if you are not able to go out and have a a job per se, you shouldn't just be lazy. Mm. So when you look at your financial situation, you need to ask yourself, or, or not just, let's not say financial. If you look at your employment situation, mm-hmm. you need to ask yourself, am I doing the most with what God has given me? Not everybody should go to college, but some people should. Yeah. Don't just not, like if God has blessed you with the intelligence and the ability to go and do more, then you need to do more because mm-hmm. you may be that person that's required to do that. I think that that is something that we don't always look at as a spiritual thing. You know what I mean? If as a young man, I come out of college and then I'm just floating through life, you know what I mean? Working little where are you at in your life and in not being that's not okay for you not to be successful now successful is a relative it's relative and successful doesn't mean rich Mm -hmm. but you should be working hard i've had every range of job that you could ever imagine but at each one of those it hasn't always been the one that I was making the most money at that I had that I I may not even consider that successful Mm -hmm. because I just was, like you said, just kind of floating through. So I do think that that's something, a conversation that we do need to have, especially with our young people in this generation is just this idea of like, you should be out there getting it and earning it. Nobody's going to give it to you. You should be working hard no matter what your financial situation is. So here's another question. So we've all heard about like the prosperity ministry and message and stuff like that. And everybody has their feelings about that. My question is, or I'll post it to the audience and y'all can chime in. So we do know that the Bible says that there will always be the poor among us. 
Now, everybody ain't going to be poor. Some people are going to have wealth. But then that's two extremes. You got all the people in the middle as well. How would you feel if you were chosen to not be the wealthy? You know, I guess that's a question that I pose to a lot of people when I hear this prosperity message, you know, like, well, God's going to give me everything. Well, what if he doesn't give you that? Would you still be faithful? So I would say to that, I'm a big fan of uh, the scripture in Philippians. I think it's Philippians 4. It talks about uh, God grant me a peace that transcends all understanding. Mm-hmm. I think that that peace can transcend your financial situation mm-hmm. or whatever you're going through. I mean, the goal should be obviously to serve other people, but also just to have peace. If you truly, truly have peace, it, it doesn't matter you know, how much money you have or don't have, you know, even your, you know, health and and different afflictions like that, you'll just have that joy and that peace that temporary situations can't take away from you. So no matter where you are in life, you can always aspire to try to grow in the joy and the peace that God gives you. Mm -hmm. That's a a good question. Um, I don't, I think that, so I just always kind of thought I would be poor for for my okay. whole life. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I did too. Yeah. Really? I, well, and when you grow up a certain kind of way, like, really? all right, my mama poor, my daddy poor, I'm just going to be poor. Really? But, but, but let me say it like this, though. It, I didn't understand it. When I say that, I can say that in retrospect, right? Because... During those times, I did not necessarily feel poor. My mom was talking to me about that the other day. She was like, y'all didn't know how poor y'all were. And I was like, yeah, I didn't really know. Hmm. Because, you know, you just live in life. Yeah. Um, and, and my mom never raised me to place a lot of importance in money. Money has always just been a tool to get things done. Um, more money means you can get more things done easier. Less money means you could still get things done. You just got to figure out ways to be inventive about it. Mm-hmm. But it definitely does not equal happiness. I don't, I've had more and I've had less. And I don't think that there is a, a graph. If you drew a graph out of my happiness, it would correlate to how much money I was making at the time. Because it doesn't matter. No matter how much money you make, I've I've had situations where I've doubled my income and I, honestly I didn't really feel it you know what I mean because you're just moving in life mm. and more responsibilities and more things and if I could roll back the time I would have been more cognizant of that and not just jumped out there on certain things so um all that is to say like I do feel like I would be okay that I do fear poverty Mm-hmm. Now on this side of things, but it's only because it's unknown. If tomorrow I lost everything I had, I think that I would be. I know I know that I would be okay, mm-hmm. and I know that that I would filter through it. I would feel maybe some shame, mm-hmm. but in terms of just my day to day life, I just get on the grind and try to figure it out. What my problem would be is don't get caught up into. Like back into that grind. Like when you met me, how many jobs did I have? I mean, yeah, I, two, three. Yeah. I, I was mean. I was poor, but money was my god, really, because I just was grinding and grinding and grinding. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to be in that situation again. But um, I feel like I would be, you know, it ain't that bad, you know. You just have less things to worry about. If everything was gone, I wouldn't try hard to get it all back. Mm. I would work hard to be successful, but I definitely wouldn't work hard to get it all back. I would I would uh, figure out something different. Yeah, I think I've I've actually I've actually thought about that question before as I hear other people talking. And I always think to myself, like. It's relative success. What even what wealth is, is mm-hmm. it's relative. Like you don't know what you don't know. Like, right. like you, you maybe one time me and you were talking about this because I we we were driving and we saw a Porsche. And I said, I would never buy a Porsche. Like I even if we had the money, I don't think I could ever bring myself to buy a Porsche. And you were like, Well, if you make a million dollars, 
a little fifty, sixty thousand dollar car is nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like that's to us buying a a a Honda or a Toyota. That's that may be just regular for us, but that's like everything for a person who can barely rub together two nickels to get a car. You know what I'm saying? So it's relative. You know what I'm saying? It's really relative. And I remember even when I first went into the work field and just never have made a salary. You know, my first salary was like, I was rich. You couldn't tell me I wasn't rich. (laughs) You couldn't tell me. I mean, so you don't know what you don't know. So it's like, I think I, I really try to be careful when I think for me, I personally feel like I'm a hard worker. I have a lot of talent. And to me, I feel like that is a recipe to be able to be successful and to make money. Because I know that, I know that one of my hiccups and my stumbling blocks can be achievement. Right. You know? And so making money to me is the easy part. It's the achievement and making that my God, you know what I'm saying? And wanting to go after the accolades and the importance of it all. You know what I'm saying? Um, That's really kind of what I get uh, uh, hung up on because you can make money in silence. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I don't, you know, if I don't watch myself, that's really the root of it for me. You know what I'm saying? Um, And not wanting to, you know, uh, making sure that my motives are good behind it. So I am always constantly checking myself that like, you know, being a good steward, you know, like, you know, I tell you all the time, like we got to put the money to work and that could be, you know, like blessing someone who needs to go on a conference or, you know, like, you know, something like that, you know, seeing a need in the church and when and without someone saying, hey, we need money for this. If I see that we need extra X, Y and Z, if I got it, why wouldn't I give it? You know what I'm saying? Um, that's just kind of and to me, that has been my safe place and helped me to stay in check to keep me from going after the accolade and look at me. And that is a stumbling block. I remember in my studies when I was studying the Bible, selfish ambition. Yeah. That is my stumbling block. It ain't the greed. It's the selfish ambition. Yeah. So what does that selfish ambition look like in the world? Because rarely is anyone going to call a spade a spade. We may call it, you know, something else of, oh, I'm just I'm really, really driven or I want to reach my maximum potential. Like what are some things that you guys hear people say that, you know, is just selfish ambition cloaked in something else? God is calling me to, for more or he's calling me higher or uh, just dissatisfaction with people's job. I've heard that a lot. Or, you know, especially in this day and age where there's a lot of like women coming to really standing in our feminine power. A lot of women are like, I want to be a girl boss. I want to be a boss. You know what I'm saying? But really, what does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, really, what does that mean to be a boss? It ain't as glamorous as the the glitter and all that. It's not like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, One of the biggest things that I hear often is in in that space is, you know, um, I just feel like there's more for me. Yeah, it's very self, like self. There's more for me, you know, and I even have to catch myself saying that because you can feel like, yeah, there's more. But who what is that more intended for? You know, we're all vehicles, you know, what I'm saying. And like I said, first Peter four says that every gift that we get is to be used to serve one another. So are we trying to serve ourselves are, are we trying to serve our community, our family, our friends? Are we trying to usher people into the kingdom of God, you know? So, yeah, that's my thing is, it, you know, that that's probably one of my biggest stumbling blocks can be selfish ambition because I know it's very achievable for me, you know? Yeah. I think, so are you saying within the confines of, of Christianity or just in general? In general. 
so I think it's a so I see it a lot of times in so you said like uh in a movement or some type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or a trend. Yeah. So when you feel like you want to be the voice of it, right? When you feel like you want to go to the top of it, um, when you are, I'll give you an example. So, so I work in software, right? Mm-hmm. When you're a developer versus like a salesperson or a director or something like that, you could be tempted to oversell the the capabilities of your team or yourself or whatever just so you can be aligned for success like I struggle I like I I have to I don't don't struggle with it but it is an opportunity that I could have every single day just to get out and oh look what we can do this shiny thing we can this is that this is those so that I can build myself up and get to a point that by the time this thing is actually delivered on I'm long gone. You know what I mean? I've already, and somebody else is left to deal with the repercussions of that. That happens all the time. And to me, I think that's selfish ambition because you're just worried about getting yourself to the top and you're not worried about the trash you're leaving behind for somebody mm. else to clean up. <clears throat> One point I did did want to bring up, did you have anything else on that, G-Money? Uh, Mine's a little bit longer. You may want to go no, ahead. No, go ahead. So I was just going to say, uh, you know, for those who may who are listening, you may or may not know that in a past life, I was a uh, school teacher. I taught middle school math for about five years. And it's funny thinking about this topic we're talking about with, with money and God. It just reminds me of, you know, one of the bases of of algebra where you have your constants and you have your variable. Right. Obviously, in this this case. God is the constant. You're never going to run out of God or be broke of God. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. as far as the, the money is concerned, it's almost like insert your idol here. If it's money or it's attention or, you know, you know, look, look at me and see what I can do or power or whatever it is. You know, money may not be your vice that calls you away from God. It could be a number of different things. But we just have to understand the relationship between the two, that God is the constant and whatever else. In this case, money is the variable. Um, Reminds me of a scripture in Proverbs 30, uh, verse 8 and 9. It says, keep falsehood and lies far away from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Yes. And it really just speaks to kind of what we've been talking about. Um, you know, there can be peace and there can be uh, just a calmness in uh, not not being, you know, having that extreme. You know, moderation is, is, is something huge that I think people should should strive for. It doesn't have to be that you always have to be the center of attention or you have to make the most money or you have to put in the most time at work. You want to do your best and you want to work hard. But, you know, as far as trying to do the most and this, that, and other, we need to understand that God is the most. You know, he is the most high. We need to always try to strive and improve in our spirituality and growing in the things that we know we have a deficit in you know mm. everybody's got a sinful nature yeah you may be the the nicest most loving most outgoing person but you struggle with pride or you know you you struggle with resentment or envy or jealousy so there's always areas that we can improve upon from a, a fruits of the spirit aspect that's never going to be idolatry or that's never going to be too much these are the things that god actually wants us to grow in and ways that we can actually help build his kingdom right that wasn't long no that really was yeah that was good dropping them bombs i know and i actually I, I'm, that's a good scripture because I, I actually i like that i like that i like that so let me uh take it another uh, direction so this is something that i've thought about a lot um we i hear said a lot America is the richest country in the world. Like when we get around, uh, uh, what is it? Fi- uh, what is that thing? Month? We do it in May. Financial oh, peace. Mi- special. No. Oh, special, special missions. missions. Like, we don't do that in that. 
<laughs> special missions. So every year our church, uh, we do this thing called special missions. And basically we take the, take up like a, a 10 times contribution and all of it goes towards, you know, planning churches or meeting needs or mm-hmm. um, different things like that. And we also take up a, a contribution in some other time of year for hope. And it's just a hundred percent benevolence. Mm-hmm. Now, some of this may go, some of this thing that we do, the special missions may go to benevolence, maybe some, but really it's geared towards like the ministries. Um, and, uh, yeah. So we all, when we're talking about those, when we come to those times a year, we talk a lot about, uh, how rich we are and, you know, we talk about the rest of the world in like this, I don't know, it's just like a weird way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the poverty of the world. But we're looking at it from our lens. Yeah. So I've been to like some of the poorest places, you know what I mean? Out, outside of America, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and And I was shocked because I really expected and I prepped myself for like this humdrum, like, uh, you know, let me go out here and give and serve. I didn't get one hint of of the poverty that I was in. There was mountains of trash, mountains of trash. Tell you the could, people where you were. Oh, I was in Caracas, Venezuela. And um, I was in this, it's called, I stayed in this place called La Pastora. And uh, it's it's like the the ghetto, but like literally on, on the side of a mountain are all of these houses. So before uh, Chavez, the I won't go into history lesson, but basically, there was this. There was a time. There was a big disparity between the rich and the poor. So you know, we look at it now and we talk about the socialism and the problems. But there's always been problems there. Before it was the haves had a whole bunch and the have-nots had zero. Literally, I looked down off the top of a house and saw piles of houses that had slidden down from mudslides. I mean, this is just craziness. Mm. But I went and worshiped with them. And at no point in time did I feel a sense of this poverty that I had prepared myself for. And what it did was it really just let me know there's this um, scripture in Ecclesiastes that says, He who who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth uh, with his income. This is also vanity. Why, Why I read that scripture in line with this is that it's all about your your mindset, right? The reason that I didn't feel the poverty there was because they didn't have money and they weren't concerned with it. Like it, it was not a thing that that was a problem for them in their day-to-day lives because they had figured out how now them of course they had their own things that they were dealing with, but the poverty was not the biggest thing. Now, it's probably different now because they can't barely eat, but in terms of what we think of in poverty, people are not just living miserably. That doesn't mean we shouldn't give, but it means that more than what we give, as much money as we give, we also need to try to take that heart uh, and bring it back. And our happiness should not be so tied to to what we have. Um, as long as you are focused on on money, then you'll never get to a point that you have enough. I do remember thinking of a number in my mind as a young person that if I got to that, mm-hmm. then I would be straight. And then once I got to that, I remember thinking of another number. Yeah. And once I got to that, I remember thinking of another number. And into a point that I, as long as I'm thinking of these numbers, I'm never going to be straight, man, because I never will have enough. As long as money is is your God, you're never going to have enough. And so I think it flies in the face of the idea of, I disagree with the prosperity gospel wholeheartedly, first off, mm-hmm. because I think that it ties being a successful Christian to something that will never be fulfilled. Mm, you're never going to have, like, if, if the whole goal of being a disciple is to have that peace that surpasses understanding, if it's tied to this thing you're never going to have peace because tomorrow I may I get hit the lottery tomorrow and I will still want more. Mm-hmm. And I know I will because my if my mind is focused in on money and on things like I like like music equipment and stuff like that. 
I just got some new mics and stuff like that. Let me tell you, right after that, I could look online and find a bunch of new things that would just make this studio perfect. It's never enough. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's never enough. And if my joy is tied to any of these things, then I'm always going to be lacking. And so, yeah. So here's a question then. So are y'all saying that that Christians should not be looking for money or 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 we we should the goal is to not have money? I I wouldn't say that, but I think with everything you do as a Christian, we need to right size it and we need to uh see it through the lens of God and mm. and what does God ultimately desire. <clears throat> you know, I don't I don't know if I don't know if God cares if you make, you know, a hundred thousand or a million. It's what is your heart as mm-hmm. it pertains to the blessings and the things that he's giving to you. Um, again, I, I think that having the, the mindset and the outlook of moderation that, again, I want to be able to care for, take care of my family, not have all these other obstacles in the way. I mean, the same can be said for health. I don't have to be the the most fit person and I have the lowest percent body fat, this, that, and other. But at the same time, if I'm stricken with all these different chronic diseases and ailments, that's going to make it challenging for me to serve and, and be useful and, and worship God. You can look at it in the same way because True. you know there's plenty of people that have tons of money that have done great things i was looking at something online today of this guy who was a millionaire by age 20 and then you know he was dead at the age of 32 you know mm. he had some kind of you know ailment or disease that that ultimately um you know uh took down the quality of his life and and ended his life but what good does it do for a man to gain the entire world yet lose his very soul so you really got to be mindful of what's ultimately important and we only need so much kind of like to melvin's point i think everybody's got a number mm-hmm. maybe you had it as a kid and then it changed i know for me it changed i think i was in high school or, or maybe just uh freshman or sophomore in college and i was like man people who make fifty thousand dollars a year they just they got it made they're wow. just they're just banking. They have nothing. They're worried about that number was just so astronomical to me. Mm-hmm. And then you pass the number. It's just like, well, what happened? You know, yeah. <laughs> where's all the joy and peace and excitement? I'm just cruising. I'm on easy street. That's not what it's like. You just have a lot more things you have to do, a lot more stuff you got to take care of. And when you were telling the story, Melvin, about being in Venezuela and the people who we're just happy and, and content with what they had. You know, it's like um, you never miss what you never have. They, they've True. not had the idea or the mindset of more, more, more and, mm-hmm. and tons of money. So they don't miss those things. Right. And it's, it makes me think we're so blessed in our church to fellowship with people from all backgrounds, from all countries. You know, not everyone is U.S. citizens. And it's like I need to sit down and talk to some of these people and be like, so what was your idea of the American lifestyle when you were in your home country and now that you've been here for multiple years and multiple decades? You know, did it live up to the American dream that you've always heard about? Mm. Or do you feel like this is kind of like more money, more problems? And uh, it's it's not all that is cracked up to be. I mean, so let's think about in our church and then I'll answer your question. Mm-hmm. Um, so. When you see people, um, when you're in a situation like that, the things that are the most valuable, it's almost like the old days when you had, uh, you're on a farm, right? Why did our grandparents have 10 kids? Because (laughs) it was necessary to do the work, right? That was the thing that was important was these relationships in your family. I look at the famine news. It's a a family that goes to our church um, from Nigeria, they are such a tight family unit, and I think they are. Um, I talk to Charles a lot. Uh, well, not so much now, but definitely uh, I used to talk to him a lot and just get his feedback on things and just how you know they were so concerned with like reaching back and getting other people straight. You know what I mean? A lot of times when you have people come from um, lower, like more impoverished areas not saying nigeria is is pretty straight but 
whatever. They'll come over here and they'll work for this success. And then they'll pour that back in and bring family members over and let them get it. You'll see, um, you know, we stayed uh, above. I lived in these apartments when I was a kid in Knoxville. And uh, it was like this Mexican family. And I mean, there was a bunch of people living all in this little apartment. And I know like sometimes I could be the butt of a joke or something like that. But you know what, man? I saw how, how they did it. Like they took, and it could not have been comfortable. They took, a, had a bunch of people. And then one day I saw a new car come in. Then I seen another car come in. Then I seen another car come in. Then I seen somebody leave. Then I seen somebody else leave. All these people got, they struggled together, put their little money together, kept coming up, flipping it, flipping it until they were able to go out and do their own thing. But they were focused in on that. that. And so they saw like, even if it was out of selfishness, they saw the value in the people. Mm-hmm. Like, why are they going to sacrifice living? It wasn't a sacrifice to them. It's like, man, I need these people. We're going to get in here and we're going to make this happen so we can be successful. So, you know, they they just transferred their value into something different. Um, in terms of uh, your question, Kimberly, um, you know, should we not seek money, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I go back to it's not money. It's the ideas, right? Um, You can have a problem. Even saying, I just want enough could in itself turn into a thing, right? I think it's just where we focus. Mm -hmm. Where is your focus? What are you working for? Because even because what's enough? It can always just change. Like you said, like it 50 stacks was enough in your mind. But I, you got that, and you had you wanted more. I think every day you go and you work as though you're working for the Lord. The Bible says you can't serve two masters, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it says going to work, you should work as you're working for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as you're doing that, you can have the confidence that God. Like I can read a thousand scriptures that talk about when you. Put in the effort, you work, you know, the person that goes for the quick bang, their money is going to be gone quickly. But the person who gets a little bit over time is going to is going to last. It's the scripture after scripture after scripture that correlates hard work to getting to the Lord, taking care of you on that side of things. Mm-hmm. Now, what that means, my, I may go to work every day and bust it and Gerard may go to work every day and bust it. And Gerard may become a multimillionaire and I may get make i may max out making 25 grand a year now are we are are we not blessed the same Mm. yeah because god knows what i can take yeah he knows what i can tolerate Mm. some people you should not be rich it's not gonna help you to make it to heaven Mm. and some people it is some people cannot take poverty Mm-hmm. And the Lord is going to say, when you start busting it, I'm going to get you out of that situation because this poverty is going to take you off. You're, like, you're not even going to be able to focus. And, but if you get this riches, you are going to shine. You're going to take that and you're going to give it out and you're going to be focused on. That's what I. That's what you need to be able to make it to heaven. Mm-hmm. And that's really what God is is focused on. But, if, but the, at the end of the day, it comes down to how... Like, are you working like you're working for the Lord? Are you giving your best? Like that parable of the talents. Whatever you got, you better make a return on it or else it's just going to get snatched. Yeah. So if you got a bunch of talent, if you got the talent to get out here and be Jeff Bezos, you better go out there and be Jeff Bezos. You better do everything you can. Who's Jeff Bezos? Come on now. Uh, the Amazon dude. That's the Amazon dude, oh. right? Yeah, he's the richest man in the world. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> now, it may be impossible for a Christian to be Jeff Bezos. I don't know. But if that's what God has fit for you, mm-hmm. I know God, then that's what you you should be going and then let God fill in the pe- fill in, take care of the reward. You go and work and God is going to take care of the war, reward. So then you don't have to focus on those things like that. You know what I mean? Well, the reason why I wanted to to discuss this, guys, because I feel like when it comes to wealth and Christianity, it's almost like it's very taboo. Like people don't really want to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like 
you got that lane of people who who do preach the prosperity gospel, you know, and then you have some Christians that, you know, you're sinning if you make a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'll go whatever, do whatever, be whatever, you know, and then, and so, you know, you can, there are some people that I think as a person, if you're a person on the outside looking in, sometimes I do not believe that as believers, we're really painting the full picture, you know? Like, I think that people can look at Christians and say, Christians be struggling, you know, and then, and if I'm going to be, you know, if I'm going to be a Christian, then that means I got to give up everything. Y'all say give up everything. Sacrifice. You know, and of course, people can think that means, you know, wealth, you know, because, you know, think about like the history of black Christians, you know, even during slavery times, it's like they were going through all this, but oh, God is going to redeem us and he's going to save us. And many of them died in slavery. And so you have this new age of thinking where it's like, should I believe in a God that's going to let me suffer? And so I feel like a conversation should be had where the whole picture is painted. You know what I'm saying? Um I don't believe it's either or. I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. And I don't believe in that you have to be out here to be a, a true Christian. You got to be out here scrounging and, 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 and on the streets. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't believe that. He, I don't think it's biblical either because we look at King Solomon and I think he is probably a very, very good example. Though he was a rich man, when asked by God, what is it? Ask anything and I will give it to you. The thing he asked for was wisdom. And when he asked of that, it impressed God so much where God ended up giving him wealth, wisdom, wealth, everything. His, his response to God was, I want wisdom so I would be able to lead your people. You know, and, you know, he, could, he literally could have asked for everything. And so I feel like that's a good example of your heart behind things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And because he had that wisdom, of course, he was able to steward the money well. But you know, but still, you know, so I felt like this was a good conversation to have because this is something that a lot of times people do not want to talk about. It's a sketchy subject, kind of like politics and Christianity. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but, you know, I just feel like that was good to give these perspectives yeah. Anybody got anything to say before we put a button on it? Money, 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 money. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what they want from me. It's like the more money I come across, the more money uh, we see. Don't edit that out. The more problems we see is actually the... Okay, that too. That too. <laughs> okay, you know. G-Money. Um, I guess kind of to, um, wrap it up. It is, you, you do see a lot of times that people can be ashamed, like when they have money mm. where they're almost like, Oh, let me kind of, you know, let me drive the, uh, the older car, the five-year-old car to church. Cause I don't want everybody to see how I'm really living and, and, and just kind of look at me side eyed or whatnot. But I mean, ultimately if God has blessed you in that kind of way, I mean, why hide it? God says, utilize everything to glorify him. So, you know, even if you're driving a, you know, 550 Mercedes Benz versus someone else driving a Nissan Altima, I mean, it is what it is. Ultimately, it's all ephemeral. Nothing, none of this is going to last what we have yeah. here and now. So we just really, really got to be focused on the right thing. Don't compare yourself to other people, other people's situations. Just understand that God wants the best for you. You need to do your best to be dedicated and focused on God. And with time and wisdom and advice, everything else will work itself out. Well, okie dokie. Well, you guys, we thank y'all for coming along on this conversation. And you've been listening to the Soul Sense Podcast. Your hostess with the most is me and my trusty wingman, Melvin. Hola. 
okay. And our favorite co-host, guest host, G-Money. Later. G-Money is working on a podcast right now. What? What? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. A lot of a lot. More details to come on that. Check them out. Mm. Anywho, guys, uh, thank y'all for listening, and we'll catch you later. 